0: My name is Emily Jamieson, and I will be your host for The Collaboratory. This listening prayer experience is meant to be largely experimental in the sense that we will collaborate together, tamper with ideas of life and faith and God, and we will form new hypotheses, adjusting along the way. There are no dead ends in a laboratory, but only new ways forward. I cannot wait to journey together. For me, there's nothing quite so painful as silence in a relationship and not the kind of silence that comes with years of familiarity, the kind that is worn and comfortable because you both know you are contentedly quiet. That kind is different. I'm talking about the kind when you so want to be close to someone, when you want affirmation of their love for you, their presence, their interest in your life, when you need affirmation, when you need companionship when you are asking for, demanding a response, and yet they're quiet. That stone cold silence that feels like someone is withholding something from you. It is so painful. And I know that so many of us have experienced that silence when it comes to our relationship with God. We have come asking for affirmation, for some sign that he's really there, that he really cares, some directionality in our lives. And as we've asked for questions and begged for healing and desired answers, we've received nothing. It feels like God is distant. It feels like God is uncaring. It feels like God is withholding. I've had several seasons when I was experiencing much quiet in my relationship with God. I would pray and it just seemed silent. I would wait and ask and walk and read and journal. And all sorts of narratives formed in me. Maybe I can't hear him. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe he doesn't speak after all. I was desperate for some affirmation of his presence in my life. Somehow, at some point, I would emerge and begin to sense his presence again. God's silence would relent, it seemed. And I would attribute that breaking of silence to my own faithfulness, rather than his, if I'm very honest. But everything shifted with a young woman in a Bible study I was leading just a few years ago. She approached me one morning and said with a bit of fire in her eyes, You keep telling me that I can ask God questions and that he'll answer. We do this listening prayer thing and everyone gets pictures and words. And for me, it's just quiet. And she was angry. There was this tension, this compression in her that was causing for her to become angry, and rightfully so. If I was told that someone who loved me wanted to talk to me, and then whenever I tried to talk, he didn't say anything back, I would be quite angry as well. She was so angry. Recently, a mentor of mine told me, you know, without compression, without tension, there is no growth. It's actually good for us to get to that place of just desperately wanting, needing something to change, something to break. Her anger was good for me to witness. It was so honest. I never let myself get to that emotion with God. I would rather get despondent. But it was true and good. And there was a lament and a longing that swirled together in her that was admirable. Anger is like a red flag that says something I deeply care about has been violated an injustice has occurred and in her mind there was an injustice I encountered this young woman who was experiencing quiet with such compassion and empathy and curiosity and a fire in my belly to mine for answers I asked a mentor of mine how she would respond she said to me have you ever asked God about the quiet have you just asked him Well, it never occurred to me to ask God about the quiet. I said no, and so I immediately got still. I determined to wait upon an answer, and I just asked the Lord, What do you want me to know about the quiet? After a few moments, this came. Zephaniah 3.17 It was like a whisper in my spirit. I didn't even have that verse memorized, and so I looked it up in the scripture, and it says this, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you, he rejoices over you with singing, and he quiets you with his love. He quiets you with his love. And just after that, it was like a thundering whisper in the depths of my soul, saying, never again will you equate silence with my absence. Never again will you believe that the quiet has something to do with your lack of being able to hear me or my inability to speak. The quiet is synonymous with my love for you. It crashed into my heart and soul as I recognized that it is never quiet inside. It's never quiet inside. I have ADHD. I am distracted every moment of the day. But often when it became quiet, it was in response to huge questions about life, about provision, about direction, about what I was supposed to be doing and how I was supposed to be parenting and what our next step was. They were all sorts of questions that were huge and important and things I thought that God would surely want to answer or give me direction or signs about, there were always things running through my mind. And so, in that moment, I recognized that when I asked those questions, and then it got quiet inside, that in and of itself was a miracle. It was actually the thing I needed most. His quiet was synonymous with his love for me. In the quiet, I had to bump up against things. I became aware of insecurity, of sin, of frustration, of fear. The quiet is not a comfortable place. Peacemaking often demands discomfort. And so I became aware that God's quiet was actually his gift to me, in love. He had many things to say to me, but I needed to wait upon his answer. It was in that season that I began to ask the question regularly, God, what do you want me to know? Instead of asking for all the things that I wanted to know or thought I needed to know, granted, I still ask those questions, but they became less frequent. And more often, I would ask, God, what do you want me to know? See, so many of my prayers had stemmed straight from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It was that fleshy part of me that wanted to know. Because if I knew, then I would have some sense of control and some direction or clarity. I could then do something about it. But in so doing i would also then neglect dependence upon the very god that made me and loves me and knows me i had to abandon feeling like i knew what i needed to know and come to faith and trust in the god who knows me the best and loves me the most and ask that god what do you want me to know the word knowing is an experiential word in the scripture may you experience the love of God, know him. And sometimes, what he wanted me to know, in other words, to experience, he desired for me to experience his quiet. A place of utmost peace. I would ask that question, God, what do you want me to know? And often I would just hear a subtle whisper, I love you. I remember asking questions like, God, what would you have me do next? And I would hear, I love you. And I was like, no, 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 that's not what I asked. But I came to recognize that if I did not understand God's love for me, if I did not receive a revelation of his love, the power of his love for me, his presence with me, then whatever I did wouldn't matter. I would be doing and working and striving for love rather than moving out into the world from love. We are meant to live from love, not for love. They are two very different postures in a very broken world a broken world that promises much and delivers very little. And so may I submit to you today that when it gets quiet, when you come to the Lord and you ask God, what do you want me to know? Or where would you have me step next? If it gets quiet, first, wait. And in your waiting, recognize that the quiet is God's gift to you, that there will be things that arise in you, in that quiet place, in that desert place within. They may be uncomfortable things. They may be those inner gremlins, demons, voices, lies, that rise up. The place of quiet is a place of battle. There's more warfare that happens between my own two ears than just about anywhere else in my life. It is the place where I need the Holy Spirit the most, where I have to gird up and fight with the voices that I have ingested from the world. Those voices that come against the goodness of God, the lordship of Jesus, my identity, the purposes of God in me. Remember that Jesus often drew away to desert places, to quiet places in the scripture. The aremos is that word. These deserted places were places where he would get quiet with the Father, where he would get direction, where he would be restored, refreshed. There's very little spoken about what happens there, but we have the fruit of what happens in the quiet place, in his ministry, in his healing, in his love for others, in his boldness, in the fact that he is so very rooted in his identity. We see that the Holy Spirit quite literally led him into the Aremos, the desert place, where for 40 days he did battle with the enemy. This is what happens in us when it gets quiet. We need Jesus the most in the quiet place, and he is not far from us. I think over time, we come to a point where we can be listening, and God can be listening too. It becomes comfortable. It's a beautiful reality. I've come to the point where I don't need God to speak all the time for the assurance that he is with me. I've come to really trust that first line in Zephaniah 3.17 that says the Lord your God is with you. That is the premise of all things, that there is nowhere I can go from His presence, that He takes great delight in me. Whether I'm doing everything right or whether I'm botching it royally, He delights in me. He will remind me of who I truly am. He will reveal the gaps between who He has made me to be and who I am operating as, typically because I am not first receiving His love. And I am trying to get it in every place possible. He will bring conviction in the quiet place as to where I am living in a way that is not in alignment with my true identity. He will delight over me. He will remind me of who I am. He will rejoice over me with singing. And he will quiet me with his love. And so God, we come to you right now and we ask, first and foremost, that you would affirm in our spirits that you would somehow convince the deepest parts of us That you are indeed with us. That there is nowhere we can go from your presence. And because of that truth, of that reality, then we can lean into your character that says that you sent your son to this world in love. He died for us. The greatest sacrifice that could have ever been made demonstrated love for me and for you. We trust, God, that you withhold no good thing from those that you love. And yet, God, we are forgetful and we need reminding. And so I invite you to ask, God, what do you want me to know today? And if it has been quiet recently or even now. Just simply ask God, what do you want me to know about the quiet? God, would you give me faith to trust that you are here? Would you secure my heart in your love? Would you help me to sense you in the quiet place, to experience your peace, to trust your timing, to be assured in your love?